Across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Well, welcome to uh, another week of uh, From the Terraces. Lots of football to talk about. Uh, we'll be starting with uh, Cambridge, as we usually do. Uh, 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 it's difficult to know what to make of yesterday's game, really. Probably one of the dullest games of football for the first half and then some frantic activity in the second half and somehow we managed to uh, 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 rescue a, a win from the jaws of uh, mind-numbing boredom, I think it was, at the end of the day. But a win's a win, three points points on the board. We'll be talking to Matt shortly on that one, as well as Slim in the studio. Uh, we have uh, a, a nice long interview with Chris Nunn at Histon. Uh, they managed a draw against uh, top of the table uh, racing club Warwick yesterday, a very creditable uh, performance. Uh, we chatted to him uh, this uh, last night. We're going to hope we can chat to Robbie. Um, uh, couldn't manage to get hold of him this morning, uh, although we tried, so are going to go to him live, but we'll see what happens. Uh, unfortunately, things uh, really not improving there. Um, after uh, last week's loss to Loughborough Dynamo, uh, a loss to uh, Corn, uh, this, uh, which is, which is I found out is a town in, is a place in Leicestershire rather than the uh, fake meat. It's not a sponsorship deal. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll try and talk to uh, Robbie about that one uh, and then in the women's football both of them in action today um, I've got to chat with both of them um, United are playing Norwich and City are playing uh, Chesham Chesham a very important game for them uh, just above them in the league or just below yeah just above them in the league so they wanted to win uh, as I said we'll start as we usually do there with uh, Cambridge United Okay, so I, I, it's funny. I got a text. I text. I'll read out this text I got from uh, from Matt just before just before I ring him up. It's it says from him, uh, "Hey mate, do you need me today on the phone?" Walked out when Fleetwood equalised. Had enough of that performance. Uh, I'm, I don't know sure whether he's ever walked out of a game before, but uh, let's find out as we try and get hold of him. Um, but yeah, the first half. I mean. Even from a neutral perspective, it wasn't really uh, what you'd want to watch. It was a, a very dull game of football, uh, and it was broken up by uh, injuries all over the place. Oh, I'm, you know, that's no wonder he's not answering because I'm calling Robbie Nightingale again. That's not going to work, is it? <laughs> Let's try calling him. That would have really confused me had Robbie actually answered the phone then. So let's try that one again and get hold of Matt. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, um, are you there, Matt? Hi Tim, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've recovered from the excitement of yesterday, then. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was so exciting that once Fleetwood equalised, I walked out because I'd had enough. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't see the winning goal, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about more about it. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't a good game at all yesterday, was it? 
Yeah, it, it, I mean, no, it, it, def, it definitely wasn't a good game. Uh, it, as I said, the first half was, you know, uh, if you'd come to watch a game of football as a neutral, uh, you'd literally have nothing to say about it. There was there was nothing really that stood out at all in the first half, apart from the, uh, the, 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 the stop and start nature of the game and the fact that the referee, I thought, had a very poor game yesterday. But and you can you can you can talk about how that might have affected things, but at the end of the day, it was just you know just a very poor game. Um, I, I guess you know if you can grind out three points, the old adage: if you can't, if you can't win a game, then don't lose it. And you know we we, we managed to get the three points. Uh, it it gives us uh, you know it gives us a lift going forward, uh, particularly Exeter next week, but. What do you do as a manager when you, I mean, uh, Salim, I mean, when, when the manager sees that game unfolding in front of him, what what, what can they do? Yeah, I think, like, like you alluded to, it was a bit of a strange one. It seemed like the first half went on for, for ages. Um, and, yeah, it was quite stop and start as well so I think um, from the gaffer's perspective getting into getting into the dressing room at half time at nil nil was probably the most important thing even though it seems quite disappointing and quite flat it's quite easy in those moments for the game to run away from you for you to slip um, you know concentration and to find yourself one or two behind at half time and then you've had that plus a, a flat performance so um, to get in at half time at nil nil I think is probably the best thing that they could do. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine that game running away from anyone, uh, certainly <laughs> up until the first half. It might have very slowly crawled away from the odd person, but uh, running away, it, was, uh, it did seem to go on forever. I went out, uh, I tried to beat the rush to uh, the uh, the uh, food at halftime because I hadn't eaten, uh, and uh, I went down just about three or four minutes before the clock showed 45, and I got back, uh, and I, they were still playing the game, and I couldn't quite work out what, what must have happened in the intervening <laughs> period, but... Uh, uh, there you go. I mean, I, I, across the board, it wasn't you, you couldn't you couldn't pick fault necessarily with any player. It was just everybody just seemed to be off the pace, uh, Matt. Yeah, I, I, I think you, you're right there, Tim. I think um, I mean, you know, first and foremost, I, I don't think the way we played, uh, particularly in the first half as well. You know, pumping long balls forwards. Um, you know, to Elias and uh, to Silly Kai Kai up front, um, which is, uh, we know that it's not their strength, you know, being good in the air, you know, with respect to them. And when you've got six foot four centre-halves and three of them this time, you know, we had two against Leighton Orient and there's three for Fleetwood now, um, it's, it's not the way to play. You know, the, the brighter moments of, you know, of what there was uh, in the first half, which were, you know, were, were barely any was when we had played the ball along the floor and, you know, moved the ball a little bit quick or as quick as we could because, as you say, you know, every everybody was so ponderous and slow. But, you know, when we tried to up the tempo a little bit, we kind of offered, a, you know, a little bit more and a better of a threat. And, and I think, you know, that that's the entirely disappointing thing is, you know, we, we just played the, the same way in the first half and it was just rinse and repeat all the time and you, you, everybody could see in the ground that it just wasn't working and um, you know that even into the second half you know for, for a lot of it it was rinse and repeat again um, until as I say you know the, the two strikers came on you know Lars Taylor came on and offered a, you know a bit of a presence up front although still not the tallest 
but you know was holding up the ball and uh, you know the the real even you know for me the brighter point of the game uh, with, with Brandon and Juca again because it, it was just terrier like you know his work and yeah as I say that's when the ca- the game sort of quickened up a little bit and we looked a little bit more lively but it, it was it, it was at times it was it was just so so poor as you say really poor really slow. Um, and you know, even even the when we conceded and say I walked out, things I just basically had enough. So you know, the, the last thirteen or minutes, you guys can fill in for me. Um, but you know, it, it was just a poor goal. But it was it was just keeping in the game, wasn't it? And as you say, Tim, the referee just didn't help either matters either. Stop start for absolutely everything, wasn't it? And it. You know, it was sort of like a conference game. I don't think you know, any of it, you two will, will remember it. Certainly, might have been a bit. You know, it might be a bit too young, but it really smacked of a conference game. It was so tedious. Um, but you know, as you say, at the end of the day, you come out of it and you've got three points, and and that's the main thing going into next week. You beat a team that are down near the bottom, and you've made that gap. You know, sort of the same, or you know, made it even bigger after yesterday's results. Yeah, and uh, and I guess that's that's the the game plan is to come along and uh, you know we, we knew it was a six pointer. Um, we knew it was important to show that we can we might be losing to the better sides at the top end of the league, as you'd probably expect. But you know, after the the performance we had at Blackburn, where we scored two goals despite having no recognised striker on the pitch and and uh, being up against them twice, it, it kind of looked a little bit more promising, and, and we had to deliver against that. And certainly in the first half, you kind of look at it, and just because of the, the the tempo of the game and the, the the lack of chances, the stop start, and everything else, you kind of thought, well, you know, we've taken another step back. We move forward. We step back again. Um, yeah, referee. I mean. It, we can say we can say as much as we want about referees as I said and you know that's not you can't let that get to you but it just seemed to bring everybody down and I, I, I take your point about this this uh, tall tall defenders and this this uncanny knack we have to want to play it over the top of tall defenders to short forwards and it's like <laughs> even the maths doesn't add up on that when you look at it and think well if you get it over the heads it's going to go over our heads as well because their heads are far bigger than ours and also we don't seem to be getting it over the heads so it seems to be it took us a long time to figure out and when we did play on the ground we looked good especially as you say when Lyle Taylor came on uh, later on let's just listen to what uh, Neil had to say following the game and then we'll come back to you. Well, Neil, one of those afternoons where it was tough going at times and you just had to find a way to win the game. It's a, it's a huge three points. Yeah, nicely put, Doug. Yes. Tough going watching the first half. Um, look, we, we knew what it was going to be today. We tried to show the lads a clips. We tried to explain to the players that the Fleetwood were in a difficult moment and they're just trying to find a clean sheet or a win or a draw just to get them going and they've gone a lot more direct and they're, they're as big a side as I can remember seeing this season in any division and they put a lot of balls in the box so um, we, we knew it was going to be tough but what we lacked in the first half at times was that composure and moment of quality as well um, I, I felt before the game there might be a goal in it I got up and thought it might be 1-0 rather than the 2-1 um, but sometimes especially this stage of the season it's just about three points and I just praise the players character and resilience because when we conceded 
and went back to 1-1. There was no feeling sorry for yourself. The crowd didn't melt. We didn't melt as a group. We went on the front foot and, 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 and probably should have scored one or two before, before we did. But I'm, I'm delighted for everybody at the football club that you know, it's a massive three points for us. It was a delayed start and the game took a little while to get going. It was Fleetwood actually that seemed to get into their stride a little bit more, playing a, what looked like a back three and seemed to make it difficult for you. They did, yeah. Obviously, tight pitch here, and they, they, they dropped into a 5-4-1 at times and made it difficult for us to, to, to play round them and through them. Um, you know, but again, we expected that, and, and we didn't quite... The, the, the patterns we practised didn't quite materialise at times, um, but then we were some really good moments as well. And, and I thought, ultimately, the game changed when... Um, when Lyle came on, but then when Brandon Joku come on as well, then it sort of like changed the impetus of the game. Um, and you know, if, if you know, look at debuts even for a 33 experienced player who's played in the Championship in the Premier League for a lot of his career, you know, it's important our praising because that was as good a debut as I've seen. Yeah, obviously the the, the first half aside of Jack hitting the the bar was a great strike. It was the substitutes that made a real difference. How how pleased are you that you know you called on the boys? from the bench and they've got the job done for you well that's the importance of the tr- transfer window that's the importance of getting Lyle in because um, you, you'd have seen the documentaries like the Sunderland documentary and things like that and you've seen transfer windows and, and how close they go to the wire but yet getting Lyle done before training and midday yesterday was a challenge so you know I've got to praise um I've got to praise Alex and, and, and Ben for, for the work they've done to get it done and, and, and that was our reward today was, was getting him on the pitch um, but that's the importance of, of us having players fit the importance of having uh, Elias back in the team today um, and, and, and having the strength off the bench um, and that's why we will need players back fit but also add a couple more through the, uh, through the door Obviously, he's a, he's a player that seems to write his own headlines, really, and certainly written this afternoon, Lyle Taylor. And I, I think his experience probably told as well, coming off the bench and just settling things at the top end of the pitch. Yeah, obviously, the temptation to start him was there, uh, naturally. Um, but the fact that it'd been an up-and-down week for him, hadn't had a lot of, you know, a lot of time on the grass, um, and no time on the grass, really, with us. So, you know, I was thinking, well, Elias shouldn't really go past 60 minutes, 70 at a real push. I think, well, if I've got to take them both off at 60 minutes, that could leave us really light. So... We, we went with Lyle off the bench as an impact um, and it, it proved it. You know, it wouldn't necessarily be that way every week, obviously. Um, but, we, you know, it is about a squad game and it is about making sure we have got impact off the bench as well. Um, and, you know, in the first few games we had that with someone like Jack and Adam. They, they came off the bench uh, in games and really affected the games. And, and today, Lyle and Brandon done the same. I was going to say a word for Brandon because, obviously, he assisted, assisted the first goal that got everything up and running. And, you know, he's a young player, bundles of energy. He must be pleased with his contribution not only today but since he's come back from his loan yeah I just gave him a special mention in the change room to the boys and he got and he got an ovation because um, you know it's important he understands why I took him back off again it wasn't because he was poor or didn't anything was asked I just didn't think he was going to win a header in the last moment from a set piece <laughs> in his own box and that's what ultimately why we done it um, and it was, it was the right call obviously to do it so he understands that but I thought his, um, uh, his energy his enthusiasm uh, his ability to stretch the game uh, was really important for us the equaliser was obviously a blow, and then moments later, Jack misses what looks like a very straightforward chance. Did you think then that the moment perhaps had passed? Yes, yeah, you do, you do worry when, when Jack misses what for him is a sitter, um, and then Ryan hits the post, um, and you think, well, maybe it's not going to be our day, and you think, well, we've not been great, but you take a point, and it keeps Fleetwood miles away from us, which is important. Um, but then you need, you need a moment, and sometimes a little bit of luck or a little bit of quality, and, and um, it's probably a little bit of both. 
You know, SK's in the right position, talked about the wide players getting into goal-scoring positions and getting in the box more. Um, Jack obviously has a tap in the back post from six yards, he misses. SK gets in the six-yard box and puts one in as well. So, you know, it's important we get our wide players higher up the pitch. Um, and I think if anyone's buying anyone a beer tonight, I think it'll be uh, Jack Lancaster buying uh, a Kai Kai beer. Yeah, it's a, it was a great hit from Saleh and uh, obviously, you know, so, so late in the game, but there was a lot of game management to, to apply after that. Are you pleased with how the players did that, Neil? Yeah, of course, then it becomes about, you know, making the subs and going to a shape and, um, and, and, and you know any team at any moment is going to lump the ball forward and put the ball in your box and cause you an issue and, and, and um, you know, when, when you need that moment of composure, Jack Stevens provides that with that clean take um, from an in-swinging corner, which, which on another day could go anywhere. So, um, yeah, no, I was, I was pleased with the game management after that. And after three straight losses, it's a, a big three points, a big confidence boost as well for not only the trip next week, but the league table as well. Yeah, I've been waiting for someone to say three straight losses. It's a little bit distorted, obviously, with Blackburn, which beat a lot of teams because <laughs> they're, they're very, very good. Um, but the, the fact that the Orient game here was a disappointment. The 45 minutes against Orient was a disappointment. Oxford away, look, we were really good and should have got a point. And, and ultimately, that's the key moments. You know, when you don't get that point, it then becomes three straight losses. If not, it would have been eight points from five games and what a great start. Now we're 10 from six. And I'd say it's a really, really good start by the change room. Cheers, Neil. Went on today. You cautioned the uh, crowd not to get too excited after Brandon's debut, but if he carries on like that, uh, you're not going to be able to do that for much longer. <laughs> no, it, like, it's, it's, you know, he's had a good loan out of St Ives and, and he's done well, he's got some good attributes. There's, there's loads of parts of his game he needs to improve and, and, and ultimately you know, we, we need to make sure he's getting first-team football regularly to help him improve. Um, but there's a couple of um, moments he's had on the pitch, 20 minutes last week, 20 minutes this week, um, you know, he's been effective and that, that's the main thing while we're trying to add to the group there's opportunities for young lads to train with us I went to watch um, uh, George Hoddle play for St Albans on Tuesday night and was very very impressed with him as well so you know, there, there'll always be opportunity for young lads in my squad um, but at the right times and I think that that's that's the 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 best thing I think we've heard for a while. And and unlike and I'm not going to criticise Bonds, but one of the things he always said that you know the the youngsters would get a chance, but you always felt that they didn't really get the chance. Um, and we've talked about this a number of times with players where we thought that you know they should at least be given some time on the pitch in some of these games. And yeah, occasionally they got you know the Carabao Cup or whatever it's called now. Um, but but outside of that, there wasn't really necessarily that opportunity. And perhaps it was just because at that stage they weren't ready for it. Um, but Neil's given you know a couple of players now um, a, a chance where you know we might have been surprised at the this the place they are in their career that they've got that chance but both of them you know uh, you know they've, they've shown that they're prepared to apply themselves which I guess is the very least you'd expect when they when they get given that chance but yesterday I mean uh, and Joku actually had you know I mean he, 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 in a way he could have I mean he laid the first goal on and he could have you know he could have he could have scored a goal as well and it just looked exciting for for fans in the ground Matt yeah, it did, and um, as you say, you know, with you know, there's no criticism of of Mark because obviously he he knows the young the young players coming through, you know, being part of the academy, and uh, you know he, he knew a lot of them very very well. But you know, there was always that cry from you know the fans and you know, about giving them a chance, especially when, you know, they did fabulously well last year, you know, getting to the, the, the quarterfinal of the Youth Cup against Arsenal and taking them so close. 
And they were a really talented bunch of players. And the issue it always is, is well, if you're not going to give them a go, how can they show what they can do? You know, it's been very sporadic, you know, you know, appearances. I think Kai Yern played at some point, maybe like last season or the season before in the first team, but that was a while ago. Glenn McConnell obviously had, had just started to come through, um, you know, and was very, very good, uh, you know, away at Leighton Orient, you know, was the bright spark, um, you know, in a very poor performance there. But as you say, Tim, you know, they probably, you know, didn't get enough chances like what they deserved. And one thing that, as you say, Neil has done is he's put uh, Brandon up there. You know, some of it is desperation, as we know, because we've only got one fit striker in, in the club. You know, Lyle Taylor needs to be wrapped up in cotton wool and, you know, basically doesn't need to do too much for, for the next sort of two months in terms of training, apart from just stay fit and get out on, onto the pitch for the next couple of weeks. So, but, you know, Brandon works really hard. As you say, you know, he gets they he get people fired up because he's a terrier. He, he, he chases everything down. He doesn't give up. He, he works really, really hard for the team. And, and you're right, you know, he, he could have scored. He really could have scored. And he, he probably didn't have the confidence maybe to take it on himself, which I'm surprised because he scored a hatful of goals uh, down at um, St Ives this season. But, it, you know, it's that unselfishness as well that, you know, he saw that Lyle Taylor was there, maybe thought it was a better option and uh, laid it off to him. And, uh, you know, it, it, people were saying about him, you know, being substituted, if he got substituted at the end. But it's a tactical decision, and it was probably the right decision for Neil to make. And, and it had taken it really well. And I think, you know, as you said, Neil says in his interview, you know, we've given him a, a standing ovation in the, in the dressing room after the game. And, you know, that just shows how highly they regard him and that how good, you know, he was in his little cameo yesterday. And as you say, he, he must be knocking on the door for a little bit longer than sort of, you know, half an hour, you know, maybe even a, a 45 minute start at least possibly at some point soon. Yeah, I, I think, and, and, and Neil's been with both the youngsters of Perth that have debuted just recently. Neil's very, very he's open about it. Yeah, they, they've they've played well, they've played well, they've shown something, but they've still got lots to learn. But they will learn it uh, on the pitch as well as off the pitch. So giving them that chance is always going to be a good thing. Uh, don't really, I don't want to dwell on this too long, but but we we have to mention it. There's a, the elephant in the room. You talk about Njoku should have scored. There's one other player we have to pick out there, Jack Lancaster. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't I don't know how you miss that. Uh, um, and uh, he must be he must have been incredibly relieved when that second goal went in, and at least we don't lose the game from it, Matt. Well, I'm, I'm taking your word for it because I, I didn't see it. Tim, so no, I still haven't even looked back at the highlights. So, um, but I, I've heard it. I've heard it was an absolute sitter that he probably should have scored. And of course, Jack hit the bar in the first half as well with a, with a shot that he was unlucky with and probably could have done a little bit better. But yeah, you you guys you guys saw it better than me. So um, yeah, if you if you're if you're calling it a sitter, Tim, then you know it must have been an absolute sitter. <laughs> I, t- I tell you what. When you watch it back on the replay, just cover your eyes at that bit because you don't want, you really don't want to see it. So, I mean, Salim, when 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 you're a player on the pitch, I mean, these things happen. People, yeah. people miss uh, open goals all the time. But 
you could tell that, I mean, obviously, immediately he was, you know, he was down on his knees with his head in his hands. And there was a there was an injury uh, a few minutes later and he's still kind of banging his head and walking round. And obviously it's still in his head. You know, it it, it, it must throw your game for, for, you know, for a while. And, and does it does it kind of haunt you for a long time, something? I mean, apart from the fact that everyone's seen it and it's on telly, you know, we've got the replays yeah. to prove it. Does it haunt you for a long time? Can it do a lot of damage, things like that? I think I think it depends on the individual. Um, that's very, like, psychoanalysis uh, mm. type of, of a player. Um, some people, I think it's good that he's disappointed with it, you know. I think if he wasn't disappointed with it, then it'd be more concerning. <laughs> that probably put fans back up even more. Um, but, yeah, in terms of a player, it depends on how they want to deal with it. Some people deal with it quicker than others um in the moment of a get in the moment of a game obviously when it's one all and you've got the opportunity to to make that 2-1 it hurts that little bit more um on the other side if you then go on to lose 2-1 it hurts even more yeah so, yeah um, you know it's fortunate that we managed to win the game in the end um but yeah it would have hurt him for the remainder of the game at least um but i, I think it'll be something that you know he's he's mature enough old enough to brush it off and go on and look forward to next week. Well, one would hope so, especially since he managed to score at the, in, in the uh, Blackburn game the week before, so yeah. uh, to, show that he, to show that he can do it, and as, you, uh, as, as Matt said, he hit the, hit the bar as well, so uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, that he played it particularly badly, it was just one of those things that, that happens and, and it's one of those things that everybody in the crowd knows that they would have scored in exactly the same <laughs> position and he must be useless, uh, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, okay, so moving forward, Exeter um, uh, don't, you, don't you just hate going to Exeter, Matt? <laughs> Fortunately, I'm not going. So. Oh. <laughs> I'm Dear, you're ducking out of all of these different. Yeah, I mean, Exeter's one of those teams that uh, you know you, you can pretty much. I mean, we've had so many clashes against them over recent years, though, where you, you just know that uh, it wasn't going to go our way almost from the first minute. But it, it's 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 a huge game, really, in terms of obviously the position they're in. Uh, they're on 26 points, just outside of the uh, relegation zone we're on 30 so four away from them having actually played a game less than them so it, it's it's an important game to uh, push us forward I mean if the results were to go our way and we won then we could actually almost end up uh, depending on goal difference we could always end up above, almost end up above Lincoln in 12th place so we could actually get to the middle of the table uh, if we have a good result against Exeter and everything else goes our way but uh, always a difficult side to beat Matt yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you say, we've had so many games against them. Um, you know, St. James's Park or whatever Exeter are calling their ground now. Um, or I don't think we've barely won there. I can't even remember the last time we even won there. You know, it's been so long. Um, you know, horrible place to go to. You know, you think back to last season when I think we would play completely off the park and more um, we might as well have been playing on the next field uh, we were we were you know that that outplayed and um, you know it's, a, it's always a tough place to go to but it, it just shows with with this league you know we're, we're struggling you know technically down the bottom but if results go our way and you know we pick up a, a couple more goals and potentially keep a clean sheet we could be you know up up in mid-table again and this is the thing with with our league this season is you know, there's not too many teams really getting cut adrift. I think Fleetwoods are probably the only one starting to, you know, get get to that point. But there's, it's all closing up. It's all very tight. Anybody can beat anyone on their day. 
and um, it's a place that you know we need to take some confidence and, and go there and try and pick something up. If we can get a point, it's, it's fantastic. Our away record's not the best this season, and it normally isn't as it as it is anyway. But you know, you go there and you get a point, and you're you're very very happy. If you go there and get three points, you're ecstatic. And then you know you, you focus on the on the bigger home game as well the, the week after it against Burton, which is you know another one of those sort of not six pointers this time, but it's it's another big must win game that we we need to get something from, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and I think it's it's interesting actually. I was just I was just looking up the head to head stats, and it's not just uh, I think that we went through a period where we had a really good record against them. So it's uh that we've won twenty one. Uh, sorry, they've won 21. So we, we've won 31. They've uh, We've drawn 12 and they've won 21. So we've actually got a better record than them. But we did go through uh, from 1990 onwards. We had a, a really good spell for a few years. But then recently, I think it's uh, four wins in the last 10 with one draw thrown in there as well. Um, so, yeah, it uh, could be frustration on the way. I mean... Uh, hopefully, I mean, I guess there's always the outside chance of another player coming in, although I don't think they were talking about anything that was going to come in immediately. Um, but that, that might make a difference. But uh, you'll get uh, Taylor will get to play on the uh, training ground uh, and get some time in. And, and hopefully, I mean, not that his uh, link up place needed a great deal of work on it, given that he'd only been there at the club for a few hours. But uh, uh, will he be travelling down to that game? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm the only one. Oh, come on. Um, uh, yeah, and of course I can only get there if uh, if the uh, trains actually choose that they're going to have a good day rather than a bad day. So who knows whether I'll actually make it or not. But uh, well, uh, Matt, thanks very much for uh, joining us. We shall uh, talk to you again next week. Cheers, mate. Take care, guys. Bye. So, uh, yeah, so that's Matt. Thanks very much for that. Um, yeah, so next week, three o'clock kickoff away uh, at Exeter and then Burton at home uh, the following week. Um, so uh, hopefully a good chance, you know, potentially to pick up, uh, you know, three, four points out of that and uh, really start trying to make our way up into that middle space in the table, which is, I think, where, you know, certainly at the start of the year we'd have we'd have uh, settled for, you know, if you're going to finish Definitely. mid-table, that would have been that would have been good and um, and I think especially since the, the turmoil that we've had recently I think it's, it makes it even better and, uh, and quite a good one especially in light of all the news around stadium sponsorship new stadium uh, uh, and everything uh, and the progress we're making uh, off the pitch as well um, we'll uh, take a quick break and then uh, hopefully uh, Robbie might answer his phone Broadcasting from the city centre. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Okay, so uh, things not going well for City. We've we've talked about this over a number of shows now. Unfortunately for them, um, off the pitch, um, still not quite in the stadium, still uh, wanting to get in there. Um, but on the pitch, it's been uh, a really desperate time for them. Um, if you look at uh, the form guide at the moment, they're only 
beaten, if you get beaten by being bomb. Uh, Russian and Diamonds, obviously, uh, almost a certainty to go out of the league um, uh, this year with uh, one point in their last six games. And I think it's not much more than that. Oh, sorry, one point in the last ten games, I think it is. Uh, but... Uh, let me just go back and refresh. Yeah, one point in the last 10 games, yesterday's game, in fact, against Bedworth, um, who were 13th in the league. But uh, City, not much better off. Both Rugby and City are on four points for the last 10 games. We've talked <laughs> we've talked over and over again about that statement yeah. that was on the website, uh, having not been able to get in touch with Robbie from time to time. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, uh, the board coming out, uh, you know, with a statement of confidence in the manager, which is nearly always the death knell for most managers after a couple of weeks if they can't turn it round. It was about the whole plan for what was going on and they recognised the problems on the pitch. Um, but, you know, Robbie has spoken to us and we've, we've heard from other people about, oh, we've been unlucky, we didn't make the most of our chances, but four points in uh, four points out of 30 over the last 10 games, that's, that's not a great record for any manager and it must be a real concern to Robbie. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's really disappointing um, because they have shown glimpses of potential. I mean, I, I spoke to him briefly um midweek just at the training ground and obviously they lost 4-3 at Loughborough Dynamo um, last yeah, week. Yeah, and, and that was a game that I think till the 87th minute yeah, they were they were up, up in that. Yeah, yeah so, so I mean, if if you concede four goals in any game, you're really, really struggling to yeah. try and win, let alone concede four in however many minutes, like yeah. 10 minutes, 15 minutes maximum. Um, so I think he's got to really be looking at the senior players there and thinking, how are you letting the rest of the team capitulate, you know? Um, because to concede four goals at the end of the game there is un- unacceptable and I think they'll be all really disappointed with that. Yeah, and I think the the, 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 the interesting thing is, of course, there was a text literally just before kick-off uh, came out, I don't know when it actually happened, but Scott Bridges has parted company uh, with Cambridge City um, uh, at the weekend. They've got uh, Dylan Edge came in, uh, Scott Bridges goes out, and I think the one thing you... Uh, Scott Bridges was a, a real good find, uh, or a, a real good signing. I mean, they didn't find him, everyone knew about him anyway, but he was the kind of person you wanted in the midfield. He kind of bossed the midfield midfield yeah. and he kind of controlled the game and he and he and he got the best out of players around him yeah. i'm not sure what happened there but obviously he's gone i am going to try and just see if i can get hold of uh, robbie um I, and i'm not necessarily expecting to but <laughs> it might happen it's ringing at least so we'll see if we get hold and i've run the right person as well which is always good uh now he normally answers quite quickly he hasn't responded to the text either but no it's not going to happen, uh, which is a pity. Um, uh, uh, yeah, um, he's a busy man, so uh, he's obviously got other things to do. But it, it's so. Im- I mean, we, we've talked. We've talked about. Um, United and that you know we, we've got this development off the pitch uh, coming up over a long period of time um, it's not something that's going to happen in a year they're talking about three four five year yeah. plan to, to gradually work their way around it so that we don't have to leave the stadium um, and the one thing everyone's saying is that the worst thing that could happen is if we get relegated in that time because we've that's just it. we've just got crowds up they are now at a stage where you know we're within we're within four or five hundred of selling out most nice home week, games sure. now, even even without necessarily uh, you know fans coming in from uh, from the opposition. But it, it you you feel that if you go back down to League Two, then that you know hopefully people wouldn't 
walk away but it, it's always a possibility isn't it they're like seeing yeah. some of the bigger clubs come into here rather than some of the smaller clubs yeah and publicity as well yeah um, you know you play in bigger leagues greater publicity um both from um the local area in terms of fan base and whatnot but also exposure to the other to the other cities as well so now you get more interactions from fans of other teams even though they're not always positive interactions <laughs> um, but yeah you do get people recognizing your club more which is you know builds it builds growth for us as well um, but yeah for, for city to go down to step five you know with a new stadium yeah. that will be a nightmare because you know if you have seen the stadium and i would definitely recommend going to yeah, see it yeah. if you haven't we talked, it's yeah, very, we talked about this last impressive. week it is incredible yeah, be, that facility at step five would just bleed them dry if they don't have the the right, you know, yeah. the right um, attendance and all of that. Those yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see. And I guess the the one saving grace they've got is, as I say, Rushton and Diamonds, who are likely to take yeah. one of the two relegation spots. I can't see their, you know, their twelve points got two games in hand, admittedly, but since they've only they've only picked up uh, five points all season, uh, two games in hand isn't a huge weapon, but they are 12 points behind Rugby, who are a point behind Gresley, and two points, uh, uh, sorry, yeah, two points behind uh, Cambridge City. Um, if you look at the, I was looking at the projected table, and I, you know, you take these things with a pitch of salt, but they do actually in the in the end of the season they do avoid uh, relegation, actually moving up a couple of places according to the predicted results. But the run of form at the moment uh, belies what happened at the start of the season. So that you know, they've got I think 15 games left. Um, and uh, they've only got 19 points in the first 23, so you would think that uh, on present form, another seven or eight points um, will be just about all they can get, and that's going to be right there on the edge of uh, yeah. relegation. I think you know they play rugby coming up soon, uh, which is obviously going to be a major game because uh, you have to show that uh, you can beat, beat those, the sides yeah. below you. I'm just looking on the uh, list where that is. Actually. But it's just like the other week as well when they had Coventry Sphinx, and I don't think they got result um, against them and if you look yeah. at the table now Coventry Sphinx have got one point more than them same yeah, uh, yeah. same games um, so it's, it's really really tight down there but they're going to have to find a way to, to get themselves out of it because they definitely don't want to be associated with um AFC Rushton by any means, <laughs> um, but yeah, those that's the that's the only team that they could be compared to at the yeah, moment because yeah. that's the only team that are worse on on form than they are. And I think it, it is said they've got three they've got three interesting games coming up because they've got Coles Hill, Walsallwood, and Rugby Town uh, yeah. in the next trio of games. And if you look at the league positions for those teams, you've got Coles Hill are um, I think they're t yeah fourteenth, Rugby Town nineteenth, and Walsallwood twelfth. So they've got games against teams that they would want to compete against although Walsall would are a number of games behind uh, yeah. with 30 points I mean that's the thing is that you know you've only got to go unlike League One where there's you know three points could take you from uh, where we are now up to the middle of the table you know Cambridge are already sort of like uh, 11, 12, 13 points off uh, a mid-table place uh, and uh, yeah it, it's going to be difficult but obviously Rugby, rugby Town becomes the, uh, the absolutely crucial uh, crucial six-pointer, third of Feb, especially since when you look at uh, City's running, um, they've got the last two games of the season are against Hinckley and Lyon. Again, if, 
if you look at them, Hinkley are fourth in the league and Lai will be uh, just uh, on or around the uh, playoff spot. So they will have everything to play for. You don't want to be getting a result at the end of the season against teams that are that far away from you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, obviously, you mentioned there the mid-table. Um, they're about 12 points, 13 points off mid-table. Um, but down where they actually are, I think there's, what, three points between 16th and, and 19th? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have gone down to 20th, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit far off. But, uh, yeah, those, those positions are, are really, really close. And back-to-back wins um, or, you know, beating the team around you is going to be massive for them and it is really a matter of urgency well we shall see Um, we'll hopefully talk to Robbie next week anyway um, so uh, but uh, good luck to them this this run of three games they've got coming up because I think it is going to be key Um, uh, we'll go straight into uh, Histon rather than uh, play the jingle so Histon on the other hand if you look at what Chris Nunn has done since he's arrived turned it round there out of the uh, relegation danger I think now Um, you know they are what uh, they are 10 points clear of that with a game in hand um, yes there's still lots to do and uh, and there's still the middle of the table that they can chase after um, but uh, um, you know they're, they're not quite there yet Racing Club Warwick were top of the league they're now actually second because Histon drew with them yesterday it was uh, last minute uh, it was the yeah the, the, I'm not sure actually how how late it came the equaliser came quite late yeah. um, but I think there was 38 minutes or something like that the first goal but uh, yeah. let's listen to what Chris Nunn had to say uh, uh, when I spoke to him uh, this morning when I can just find it there it is Chris on paper a really difficult game for you today top of the league racing club Warwick till today only about five teams have actually taken points from them I guess you must be pleased with the draw against top of the league yes and no really yes because they're top of the league and whenever you play against the best team in the league if if you don't lose you've always got to look at that as a positive no because I felt we won it up and I think they equalised with about five minutes left maybe I think it was eight minutes left to play after they scored and you sort of feel like we were running you know the, the time was running by and they weren't really causing us many problems if I'm being honest second half so sort of yes and no but but you know, I can't fault my boys at all. The work rate and energy was fantastic and the point was at least they deserved. Was it a, ga- was it a question of game management, do you think, or was it just that uh, you, you switched off a little bit uh, towards the end? Oh, no, it was a very good goal. Sometimes put your hands up. I think yeah. there were two very, two very, very good goals scored today. One by us with Jim Burnside and one by them. And any manager at every single level, when they concede a goal, will find a fault. Someone should have been there. Someone should be here. For me today... I thought the goal they got was very good. It was an overhead kick goal. And sometimes as a manager, you'd say, go on, then try your luck. He tried his luck and it went in. So you just have to accept that's, that, that's part of football. Um, just as it was when when Jim scored his goal today, it was a fantastic strike from 20 yards, actually flew in, flew in the goal. So I'm not looking to blame any fault for the goal we conceded. I don't think we switched off. I thought we managed the game really well, second half. Like I said, I think what I would say is both goals, if I'm being honest, both goals were probably scored when the other team was on top. We probably did it when we went under up, and to be fair, they probably did it whilst we were winning. So, yeah, it's probably a fair result over 90 minutes, but we feel a bit hard done by. Social media shows uh, Sutton uh, was given man of the match, but also praise too for York and Kerrins in what sounded, what, what they believed was a, a really good game and, and, as you say, a little unlucky that uh, in the end you couldn't hang on. 
Yeah, you know, I said before the game, when you when you play a team top of the league, if we're going to get anything out of the game, then I've got to be able to look at all my players in the eye and say, today you've got to be getting a 7 or an 8 out of 10 minimum, each individual. So get your own performance sorted, make sure you perform well. And if we get 8s and 9s in this league, I think we're capable of beating anybody. Today there was a lot of 8s and maybe a couple of 9s. So, so we've, we've come off the pitch and, and, and I think Joe, Jake, Max amongst the whole squad really you know that they performed that they gave everything and I don't think there was a poor performance out there today and I guess it's always difficult isn't it when you come in as a new manager people kind of keep saying oh it's it's the new manager bounce it's the new manager bounce you've now had I think it's what 14 games uh, across all competitions in charge uh, and that's uh, five, five wins five draws and four losses which given where Histon had come from a huge increase in points tally uh, for yourselves and of course you're in the semi-final of the Cam's Invitational Cup if you look back now I mean you, you obviously they have to be pleased with where you are but uh, I guess from what we've heard over the last few weeks you're also looking forward to seeing more as well yeah I, th- I think you know the most important thing was to get away from the bottom of the league you know we were three points off the drop when I took over I think we're now I think it's 13 so we've given ourselves a little bit of breathing space the cup is really important to us so we've managed to progress to the semi-final of the cup what I would say, which has been positive, is it's not just sometimes the results, but it's been the performances, you know, and we've drawn our last two games, but today we drew with top of the league, Warwick. I think we got a fantastic point last week at Odeby. You know, I think they're one of the highest goal scorers in the league and we stopped them from scoring. And today we played against a team that, for me, from corners, they are very good. They score in more games from corners than I've ever seen any team at any level score. So we today set out, to try not to give away corners. So over the 90 minutes, you're playing against a team who are top of the league and they only had two corners in the whole game. You know, so so it's, it's small things sometimes that matter, the small detail. So we think their best way of scoring was from set plays in particular corners. So don't give them corners. And it sounds stupid, doesn't it? It sounds so stupid and basic, but they're, they're massive things. You know, when, when you're concentrating and you're tired as a player, you know, we've got to drum into them. When you're tired, focus on not giving away a corner. You know, when you clear the ball, it makes a difference if it's a throw into a corner. And they're, they're small things that the players have really taken on board. So, so I was really pleased with that. So yeah, yeah. Would I have liked more wins? Of course. Would I have liked fewer defeats? Of course. But from where we were to where we are now, I, th- I think we've made massive strides and there's still a lot more to do. Uh, and you're approaching quite an important part of the season here over the next four games. You've got Lutterworth, Coventry and Easington, um, who are all within kind of three points of you. Uh, and that can make a big difference, obviously, to where you where you can move up the table. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I keep saying to each each of the boys that every game we go into, we've got to maintain our standards. And we, we drew a line in the sand going back to... Our first victory, we played Leicester Navania to beat Rugby Borough to, you know, beat in March in the Cup to, to win it at Newport Pagnell, you know. And even today, not winning, but putting a line in the sand to say, look, this is how good we can perform. Can we keep to these standards? You know, and that's the question I'm saying to the boys. Can you maintain the high level of standards you've got? You know, we're still a long way from where I'd like us to be, but there's no doubt for me as a football club, I, I do believe that the club's going in the right direction. Have you set yourself a target for where you want to finish, whether whether you tell me or not? But have you set one for yourself and the team? No, and the reason why is I want to. I'm focusing at the moment in terms of how we play, the environment that we're trying to create and create in, and I just want us to try and go to every game we go into. I want us to try and win, you know. And, and some people said to me before the game you'd have taken that, but 
if you if you'd have you know been in the dressing room with us before the game, I, I made a point of saying I'm not happy with a draw today. I want to win the game, you know, because I feel that we are, are capable of beating these teams. So w- when I started, there was one target that I did set, and that was not to get relegated. You know, so that was the important thing. So we have pulled our way away from that, I believe. And I, I don't think that's a concern to me anymore. So, you know, w- would I like to finish in the top 10? Of course I would. You know, until it's mathematically possible, would you still like to consider the players? Of course you would. But being realistic, you know, if we can just continue to progress as we are and hopefully make one or two additions to the squad, it, it's almost a little bit of sort of pre-season for next year. In a way, you know, where we're trying to create the atmosphere, we want the environment, we want try, any player we bring it in, we're trying to sell them what we're trying to do and what we want to do next year. So for me, it's a big job. It's, it's, I'm, I'm hopefully going to be here for a while to try and progress the club, hopefully up a league or two. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a job I'm really enjoying as well. So, In terms of injuries, have you come through the game all right today? I believe so. Young Connor Barnes, he came off with a knock, um, but I think he's okay. Um, yeah, I, I think we came through it sort of pretty well. I mean, it was, it you know, it was a really good game to watch as a neutral. There's some people there I spoke to after. They said, "What a cracking game!" And and um, the one thing that um, we haven't touched on that I think is important just about today's game was when they equalised, uh, we went on the front foot, and we were the team in the ascendancy trying to get a winner, which. You know, I'm full of praise for my boys for doing that today. Um, you know, when, when a team top of the league score, they got the ball out the net, they put it down. Right, let's get in amongst them. But we actually kept the ball well and we actually asked a lot of questions in them last seven or eight minutes after they equalised. So that was something I was pleased about. Um, yeah, in, in terms of, you know, where we are and, and sign-ins and where we want to be um, next year is is where they are. You know, um, and that's what I did drum into the players after today's game. You know, look where they are. Are we a million miles away from them? We lost 2-1 there in the league when I took over. We've drawn with them at home today. So we're not a million miles away. Um, so, which, again, is another big thing. And I think you t- you're talking about the, the the character shown, and we we talked about this right at the start of the time you were here, when you started to put wins together, or you started to you know started to get some good results. And one of the things you said, and one of the things I'd noticed having watched watched you play in those early games, was previous Histon sides when when things weren't quite going their way had, had kind of put their heads down in the middle of a game and, and and kind of almost gifted the game to the opposition. So that must be that's obviously a really huge change for for the club. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to speak too much about, um, you know, like like what happened before I came. So I try and focus purely on what we're doing and, and where we're trying to go. And, you know, the, the one thing I did look at when we played Obi last week, they did beat Histon 5-1 mm-hmm. uh, early on in the season. So to go there and draw nil nil, I, I felt was massive strides. Um, and it's interesting, like after the game today, you know, the first one of the first things that Warwick Manning said to me after the game was, please tell me you've got to play a lot of teams in and around us. <laughs> you know, so that that was a, compl- that was a very very nice compliment from him, and and th- th- it just shows that these teams. I think we've lost one in eight league games now. I think it's one in eight games. I think we've lost. So so you know that was at St Neots who are flying at the moment. That was three two. So we've played Pagnell, we've played Warwick. You know, we we played a lot of tough games in there. So so we're, we're starting to get probably people's attention. Um, which is a good thing and a lot of credit goes to the players for that because whilst we have come in and brought in some lads it's still you know i think today maybe there was only three or four lads what i brought in the rest were already there so it's not been mass wholesale changes um but i would say that the lads have really bought into what we've what we're bringing to the table which 
which you know I can only thank them for really. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Yeah, so uh, everything going uh, uh, well at the moment at uh, Histon, unlike uh, City. We'll come back to uh, both of those teams next week. Women's football, uh, let's talk about Cambridge City briefly first. Um, they are in action against um, Chesham United in a, in a huge game for them. It's uh, very close in the league down at the bottom uh, with Hayward Heath on four, Cambridge City on six, Sudbury on six, Chesham on six, and then there's a gap to 14th. So uh, City will want to uh, win there last week, uh, Salim. Was, uh... Last week, 2-1 loss at Actonians. Which is interesting because Actonians, Actonians are having a bit of an off-season. They, they've been up. They're only eighth in the league. They're only uh, eight points uh, uh, further away from relegation, although I think that uh, sees them easily safe. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're not as they're not as good as they were last year, um, but uh, so to get that result, um, you know, would have would have done confidence better than it has been recently. Mm. But, uh, Everyone's still in touch and distance, though, which is good. Exactly, um, yeah, and yeah. and I think this this is the, this is the time where if they can if they can push themselves uh, up onto nine points with a win against Chesham, that'll keep Chesham down at six at least. Yeah, um, the, and um, uh, games in hand. Yeah, they've got, and I'm just looking at uh, Sudbury, uh, who Sudbury have got today, who are just above them. Uh, Sudbury, ah, uh, can't see them in the fixtures. Oh yeah, they've got oh right, they've got Wimbledon, so they they've got to top of the table clash, so they're unlikely. Mm-hmm to get points from that so actually this could be a real opportunity for City so yeah. uh, good luck to them there United are playing Norwich at St Neers both of these those games by the way kick off in about five minutes um, I did manage to catch some time with uh, Darren uh, just after the uh, game yesterday at uh, the Abbey this is what he had to say so Darren uh, Hayward Heath last week uh, 4-0 I think it was in the uh, first game at the start of the season a game you'd expect to win given the league positions but not to be no not to be and, and not for the first time this season we've we've got ourselves to blame really because ultimately we had enough shots to, to win the game so shot count in the first half was 13 shots 11 on target uh, when you have that many shots on target you've got to be converting uh, more, more of them than the one that we put away so um, you know got, got ourselves to blame for that first half but you know, second half we got scrappy. We dropped a bit deeper. Um, just I don't know. It's just a just a little bit of sort of uh, lack of experience. I think in certain places, you know, Fran Steele out at the moment. I think that that makes a difference to us when we're in those situations. She coaches players through the game on the pitch. Um, but you know, we scored with two or three minutes to go. It's two one, and you're thinking, okay, not been our best day at the office, but we'll come away with three points. And then uh, they get a free kick late in the game, one minute from uh, from the end of injury time. Play a short one rather than going longer from the free kick in their half. And um, yeah, we, look, we one we we didn't cover the middle to stop them playing through centrally, and two we didn't get tight. Girls hit an unbelievable shot. To be fair to us, right in the top corner. Uh, you know, she'll she'll be very pleased with that, I'm sure. But yeah, we we've got to do better. And I think that it starts with the fact that when we're getting 11 shots on target in the first half, we've got to be putting away more than one. I guess if you can take a positive from it, it is that you had 11 shots yeah, on yeah. target. But as you say, you can't afford to squander chances against anyone. You know, uh, let alone the clubs that you're really chasing after. Yeah, literally that. And uh, you know, so that's the thing. And I said that at half time because they were a bit frustrated. So we hadn't played the best, even though we'd had that many shots. Um, but but, you know, I said to them at half-time exactly that message. We've created lots. We've got lots and lots of opportunities there. And if we convert one or two more of those in the second half, it's a convincing win. So, 
that's something we've got to get better at. And you referenced the first game when we played them when it was 4-0 at home and the difference was a certain Sarah Wiltshire. And, uh, and that's ultimately the difference at the moment is that, you know, when you've got a finisher like her, you're probably putting some of those 11 away. Absolutely. And uh, tomorrow you've got Norwich, which is going to be a difficult game. I think still unbeaten this season. Yeah, they are. They still haven't lost a game in the league, which is remarkable. It's a great record. Um, yeah, going to be a heck of a challenge, obviously. Um, but we're looking forward to it, relishing it. You know, these are the games that we want to be involved in and we, we want to go out there and show what we can do against sides like Norwich, not just the sides that are lower down. So looking forward to it. Absolutely. And in terms of injuries, are you looking good? Not too bad. We're starting to get a couple that are coming back, but, you know, we keep we keep getting them um, happening. Sophie dislocated a knee again on Thursday in training. Um, Fran's obviously out for the season. So, yeah, we, we, we're just looking forward to getting a couple back. We've got Harley Jean not too far away now, hopefully. Um, but I think ultimately we're also looking to see if we can bring a couple in because I think that's going to be an important one for us to kind of refresh the squad a little bit by adding a couple. So looking to do a bit of uh, a bit of business by bringing a couple in in the next month or so. Hopefully we'll see some new uh, new face on the pitch soon. And a good chance to actually test yourself against one of the better clubs, one of probably one of the best clubs in the league this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, when we played away from home, Carroll Road, we, we had exactly that. It was a tremendous challenge in front of, you know, just short of 6,000 people. Um, you know, we're looking forward to it because these are the these are the times where we get a chance to show how we've grown as a group. And I think part of that, and we've referenced it a lot recently, is our resilience. So the resilience for this week is can we have a bit of a bounce back from, from last week? Because, uh, you know, we wanted to get more than one point away from home. Um, but uh, another positive that, you know, I've, I've said more than once to people this week is we're still unbeaten away from home this season. So, you know, we would have liked to have taken three, but, you know, we made sure we didn't get beat. So that's an important factor to take into this week. Yeah, I mean, they're six. They dropped a place because uh, Ashford won. Or I think Ashford got a result. I don't know whether they won, but they got a result anyway, so moved above them. Um, Cambridge on uh, Cambridge United on 19 points, and then there's 20 and 21 uh, to go from Ashford to Queen's Park, um, but then uh, 25, 27 and 30 as you get to the top. So it, the, the, it's a fight at the top end of the table between, I think, really between Norwich and Wimbledon. Norwich have played a game less. Um, uh, so they could e they could actually join them on top of the table. Uh, their goal difference isn't as good, which could be telling at the end of the uh, season. Um, so interestingly, Norwich unbeaten, um, but oh. uh, uh, two two defeats for Wimbledon. They just haven't drawn any. They've won all of their remaining games, which I guess is a, is not a bad record to have. Uh, so there we are. Uh, time to say goodbye. We shall see you all again uh, next week. Thanks very much for listening.